let's see here. We want to go, um, I think we're going to go to uh, Colossians. I think is where I'm going to start. So Colossians 3, please. We have uh, the last uh, few weeks here been talking about grabbing that sovereign life, the, the God kind of life, grabbing, um, you know, being the overcomers that we're called to be. And so uh, a couple weeks back started shifting gears a little bit, talking about, you know, really bottom line is if, you, if you're going to if you're going to overcome and conquer, then you, you, you got to get your mind renewed to it. You got to get your mind set on it. Praise God, because it's hard to overcome and conquer when you're thinking you can't. Are you still with me? In fact, you'll shut her down real quick when your thoughts are going complete opposite of what the word has to say. You'll just shut it off. And so uh, we've been talking about the law of the mind. And uh, out of, it talks about it out, in, out of Romans 7 and then goes into Romans 8 talking about, you know, basically what it says is this, is that your attention determines direction. So where your attention is determines where your life's going, all right? That's why it's so important to set your mind on things above. Let's put Colossians 3 and 1 and 2 up there, please. If then you were raised with Christ, has anybody here been raised up with Christ? Anybody in here been born again? All six of you, let's try that again. Anybody in here been born again? All right. Well, see, that, that means that you've been raised up together with Christ. Amen. So he says because of that, amen, because that's who you've been raised up with, well, then we're called to seek those things which are above. Now, the word seek really just means an activation of your soul, really, because it's all about going after something. Amen. It's not about just saying you're looking when you're not looking. You know, years ago, uh, you know, I, you know, uh, my kids are growing up and uh, my son kind of did this once in a while. I'm start, sorry I have to pick on him here for a second or two. But, um, you know, I'd say, go, go find that, uh, you know, whatever it was I sent him after. He said, I can't find it. And I'd tell him, I said, listen, now if I go up into your room and I find that, we're going to have some serious words. And he, so he'd go back up and take another look. He meant this time seeking those things which dad sent him after. Come on, somebody. Amen, right? Come on. See, there's a difference because a lot of Christians go around saying they're seeking God when they're really not seeking God. They're really, they're, they have never really activated their soul to actually go after something. Amen. They just think, well, because they showed up to church once, that meant they were seeking. Come on, somebody. Don't get me wrong. That's a part of it. Amen. But to really to seek after those things which are above means to literally, amen, to activate one's soul, your mind. You go after it. I mean, that's where it begins. Amen. Seek those things which are above where Christ is. He defines it, where Christ is. Amen. And right now, seated at the right hand of God. In other words, those things above, go after those things. Amen. Where, what, 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 where's above? Where, where Christ is. Amen. Set your mind on those things above where Christ is. Amen. Verse number two, please. Set your mind. The word set means to aim your mind. Amen. It means to entertain it. Amen. To, amen. to activate it. Amen. To literally aim, amen, your attention towards. Amen. To aim your mind on things above. Amen. Where Christ is, right? Aim your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. Now, as we brought out the last couple weeks, you know, God knows exactly what you're going through. God knows what you're dealing with. You know, sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in natural things, and before long, you got your mind just set on things of this earth. And what happens is, all right, you're, you're caught up in it. Now, all it does is continues the process of what you're going through because your mind's set on it instead of moving you forward, all right? So we need to set our mind on things above. Now, just for just for the record, I, I think I'm just going to toss this out here. Let's see how it does. Um, you know, to set our minds on things above where Christ is, is not just so we can get you to be Christ-like. I think you should be Christ-like. And if you set your mind on things above, it should work that in you to where you are Christ-like. Come on, somebody. But the purpose of what he's trying to bring out is that it's not just to be Christ-like, but it's to get Christ-like results in all areas of your life. Amen. 
The more you set your mind on things above, the more those areas of your life that are connected to earth, come on, will begin to shift and change, amen, and to rise to where they should be, praise God. Amen. We never, ever live beyond our most predominant thoughts. If all we think about is worry, then guess what? You don't get beyond it. If all we think about is lack, then we never get beyond it. If all we ever think about is, is our mistake, our shame, we never get beyond it. But if we will set our minds on things above, amen, you begin to rise above, amen, to conquer whatever it is you're dealing with, amen, no matter what you're dealing with. Now, I made this statement. I'm going to throw it out there again. I know it's a, it's a, maybe to some it might seem like a challenge to you, but in, in some ways that's exactly what it is. Um, this word is for everybody. Somebody said, well, duh. No, 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 because some people think they're beyond it. Some people think because they heard it once or twice, they've already doing it. All right? I don't care if you're a, a preacher, talking about moi or anybody else, amen, preacher, an elder, a deacon, a, a, a team leader, a, a department head. I don't care whether you're serving in any capacity or whether you're not, you're just here and you're just here to be, a, you know, receive, amen. I don't care who you are, whether you're watching by internet or listening by podcast, I don't care who you are, this is for everybody. What you set your mind on will determine a direction in your life. Still with me? All right, with that said, put uh, Romans 8. We'll just throw a couple little key verses, and then we'll kick into what we got for you today. We looked at a, quite a bit of Romans 8 before, but let's look at the key verse. For those that live according to the flesh or the natural, literally means human being, okay? So those that live according to natural human things, the reason they live according to it is because they set their minds on it. Okay, and a lot of it, if you really stop and you look at natural, uh, you know, it isn't just, you know, a lot of times we read that, we instantly start thinking, well, that means, you know, living carnal or living, you know, like, you know, some evil, uh, you know, evil, wicked person, you know, some heathen. That's not just talking about these kind of things. It's also talking about living stuff in your own flesh, living stuff out of your own strength. See, if you just set your mind on natural things, pretty soon you're trying to do it all in the natural. All right. So those that live or conduct life, amen, their behaviors, their actions, their words, amen, their attitudes, all that comes out of this according to the flesh. They've set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those that live according to the spirit, higher things, what? They've set their minds is the implication. They've set their minds on the things of the spirit. So look at your neighbor. Say, let's set our minds on things above. All right. Go to, let's put uh, Philippians, put Philippians 4, verse 8 up there. And I think this is about where we kind of left off last week. And we're going to read this and then kind of spin into what we got to do today, all right? Finally, brethren, of course, there's quite a bit already been said here in Philippians 4, but finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, what do we do? We meditate on those things. Now, listen, he's not saying that there, there, there's not things out there that aren't true or there's things out there that aren't noble. Uh, I know it's not proper English, but I think you get the point. Amen. There are things that, are, that aren't just or things out there that aren't pure. There's a lot of things out there that are definitely not lovely. Come on. There are things out there that are of an evil report, not a good report. There are things out there that are definitely not of virtue or things of praiseworthy. Come on, somebody. They're out there. It's everywhere, and uh, it's, it's all over the place. So, but he's just saying, listen, that no matter what you're dealing with or what you're going through, set your mind on these things because they're out there, and you can do it. Amen. The word was real clear, and I think we used that verse last week, that we're to, we're to take authority over our thoughts. Amen. We're to take every thought captive because if you don't take every thought captive, it'll take you captive. See, so every thought comes, and the reason he said you can take every thought captive is because you can take every thought captive. 
which means then when that moment comes, when you don't want to, all you want to think about is that which isn't true, he says, no, get your mind off that. Let's set your mind on what is true. All right? Now, this word meditate, kind of a key word here today, the word meditate literally means to hold before your mind's eye. It means to revolve before your mind's eye. So when you're taking something and, and here comes a thought and, and you literally can take that thought and most of the time, you know, we're pretty, we can be pretty quick. If you get disciplined with it, you know that's not of God, that's of God, this one, eh. But the, those things, you can be able to take those things and literally hold them up and revolve them before your mind's eye. Amen. And you can find things and be like, you know what, this thing, this has got holes all through it, man. This is of the enemy, man. And you can cast that thing down. Why? Because, amen, you've, just by taking hold of it, looking at that, you can see and know whether something's of God or not of God. Amen. Now, the key is, amen, to meditate on the right stuff. Amen. So if you're going to sit and chew on something, sit and meditate on something, the idea is to grab the right stuff. Now, there ain't anything more right and anything higher than the Word of God. How many agree with that? The Word of God is, I mean, if you're, I mean, if you don't know what to meditate on, then it's time to meditate on the Word. Come on, somebody. Amen. There's always something in the Word to meditate on. Amen. And so we're going to talk about meditating on the Word today. Amen. That's kind of where we're going to do our shift. Amen. I want to, uh, let's do this. We've got Mike, are you back? Okay, let's do, um, let's put the 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and, and verse 18 up there. I'm just going to kind of come at it from this angle, all right? Um, while we do not look at the things which are seen, huh? You mean we can actually live life not looking at things which are seen? That's kind of, anyway, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen, now please get this because this is real key. This is one of those reasons why it is so it is so important for us to set our mind on higher things, to set our mind, uh, you know, today's text, to set our mind on the Word of God because everything around you is temporary. Everything around you is temporary. The word temporary means subject to change. Well, pastor, I got this going on. Well, don't set your mind on that. Set your mind on higher things. And we can change that thing that right now is dogging your tracks. Or that thing that seems to try to overwhelm you or whatever it is. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, in context, if you back up to the beginning of the chapter, and even actually if you move into chapter 3, he's talking about the Word of God. The Word of God. And, and, in, and in context, he brings out the gospel message. Amen. The good news. If you will lock your attention on that, amen, even though you may not see it, we're in a sense with these eyes, see that thing manifesting around you, you know this, that that word there is a, is a permanent thing, amen, it is an eternal thing, praise God. In fact, uh, Matthew 24, please put that on the board. Jesus said this, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, what? will never pass away, right? Will by no means pass away. What that means is it's eternal. Amen. It ain't changing. Amen. Put uh, Psalms 119, please. Verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It ain't changing. Psalms 89, verse 34, please. Put that one up there. Amen. Give, give Mike a hand clap. What a blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes I'm not the easiest to follow here. So, amen. So, my covenant I will not break nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Now, why is this so important? Why is it so important to bring this out? The word of God is permanent. You can bank on it. Amen. Now, the seen and the unseen. Hebrews 11 says it this way. It says, everything you see in this realm, everything in the seen realm, was brought to pass or made possible based on the unseen by his words. 
He spoke it into existence. And when he spoke it into existence, it manifested. Amen. You know, one of the coolest things about Genesis 1 is, you know, he, he says, uh, you know, light be and light was. You know, the sun wasn't even, even spoken into existence yet. I mean, really, when you stop and you look at it, he just commanded light to be and light was. He didn't need to have a sun to have light. Are you with me? He just said light be and light was. Of course, later on, you know, he puts this there and that there and this here and calls that. And every, every day it said he, he would speak something into existence and it'd manifest. Amen. Somebody would say, well, why didn't he just, you know, speak it all into existence in the beginning? And no, I think he wanted to let it be known. He spoke it and it manifested. 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 Now, the point we're trying to make is this. You can count on the word. The word is still producing. What God wants you to do is set your mind on that word because eventually you're going to start talking. See, whatever you set your mind on, it's inevitable. And pretty soon you start talking it. Your attitude will change. Your mindsets begin to alter and your attitude begins to, you know, fluctuate. Come on. And if your attitude, you know, if you're, you don't elevate your attitude, come on. I mean, it'll affect things because, you know, pretty soon, you know, you're in the slump. Come on, somebody. Just because of an attitude, right? Now, the point is all that stuff comes because of thoughts. Words, actions, attitudes, all comes out of thoughts. So what God's trying to do is get you to set your mind, amen, to get his thoughts. You still with me? Grab his thoughts. All right. Let's, we're going we're gonna to shift here. We're going to go to the Old Covenant. Let's go to Joshua 1. Put Joshua 1, verse 8, please. Amen. We'll see how far we get with all this today, and then, uh, you know, whatever. If we have to take up some more of it next week, we will. But uh, Joshua 1, 8. Now, if you remember what's happening here with Joshua, Moses has already passed, okay, and that's kind of the, he had that one little one-verse eulogy for, for Moses. You know, Moses, my servant, is dead. Okay, let's move on. And that's just about how it went, you know. So then he begins to tell, he begins to tell uh, Joshua, you know, if you're going to take my children of Israel, you're going to take these children in, you're going to take them into the promised land, there's some key things you're going to have to get a hold of. Come on. And he begins to walk them through things, all right. Well, verse 8. He says this, that the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, all right? In other words, my word shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall, here we go, meditate in it day and night. Everybody say day and night. Now, day and night doesn't mean in the light and in the dark. It means in the good times and the bad times. That's what it means when you look it up. So it's talking about you, you, you're, you're to meditate on the word, come on, and get that word coming out your mouth. In the good times and in the bad times. Come on. When everything seems great or when the pressure's on. All right? And he says if you do that, he says that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. In other words, you're going to get it in your mouth. You're going to meditate on it. You're going to set your mind on it. Amen. You're going to begin to walk it, begin to do it. Now, why is that so important? Well, Joshua, you're called to bring in the children of Israel into a promised land. And if you don't set your mind right, you're going to do the same thing Moses did. Because these people are going to annoy you. People say, oh, it's inevitable they're going to do something crazy. Come on, it's inevitable once in a while something stupid is going to happen. Come on now, it's inevitable the spirit of stupid is going to jump on somebody. And if you don't keep your mind right, if you don't keep your words right, if you don't keep moving forward in these things, it is inevitable you're going to do the same thing Moses did, and you're going to blow your cool, and we're not going to get done what we need to get done. Can I hear a big Amen. Now, that's in a nutshell is Joshua 1, all right? But he says this, all right? Hallelujah. For then, 
you, talking to Joshua, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, let's define some of that because this is really pretty key with what we got for you today. So, <clears throat> you, Joshua, if you'll do these things, you will make your way prosperous. Now, that there in itself is one Hebrew word, okay? Just that part of the phrase there is one Hebrew word. And it means, it means uh, um, to stay productive or to push forward, but it, it speaks of a force pushing something into productivity. And so what he's saying is, if you will keep your thoughts right, if you will meditate on what's right, meditate on his word, you will keep it coming out your mouth, amen, you will keep moving forward, you're going to make your way prosperous. You are going to force, amen, things into production in your life. Now this is key because this is why we got to have the word going in us because the word's designed Listen, the word is designed to force things into production. The same way it worked for the Father, the same way it worked for Jesus, is the same way it works for you and me. But if you're not going to be meditating on what he says, you're not going to talk what he says, guess what? Then you're going to have what everybody else out there has. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. Are you with me? You know, Jesus, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> gets water baptized, comes up out of the water, and a voice from heaven, this is my son. And, and up to that time, you know, the enemy had been trying to really, you know, God had told him in the beginning, he said, there's going to be one coming that's going to bruise his heel on your head. In other words, he's going to step on you. He's going to put you out of commission. And so, you know, from that moment, from Genesis 3 on, he'd been, you know, really every prophet, every man or woman of God that come along, you know, he, he'd mess with them trying to find out, is this the one, is this the one, is this the one? Well, as soon as Jesus comes out of the water, God acknowledges, this is the one. So this is my son, all right? in whom I'm well pleased. And so, anyway, right after that, we see then the next thing, Jesus heading out into the wilderness and basically flushing out the enemy. Come on, somebody. Flushing out the enemy. What does the enemy do, you know, after so many days, you know, what is we talking, 40 days, isn't that right? And so here he is, you know, Jesus probably, if you want to really say it this way, physically was at his weakest, we could say, Okay but wasn't afraid to face the enemy. So here comes the enemy with a temptation, okay? What he does. Here comes the temptation. What did Jesus do? Use the word, all right? He said, as it is written, you know? He didn't say, you stop it. Leave me alone. Gosh, you're so mean. Come on, no, listen, because a lot of times that's what we got Christians talking that way, and the whole time you got authority, amen, in your own, come on, you've been given dominion and authority, but we just got to get you to meditate that word, get that word coming out your mouth, and even though all the way around everything that's seen needs to shift and change, by you declaring things out your mouth, Amen. By you setting your mind on higher things, it determines a direction, it determines words, it determines actions, it determines an attitude. Come on, somebody. And what happens is that no matter, way, no matter how it looks around you, it's all temporary being shifted and changed by that which is permanent. The same way it works. As it is written, it backed the enemy down. The enemy came out with another one. It is written, quoted another verse. And the enemy had to back down on that one. Came at him with another temptation. Amen. Jesus, again, it is written, quoted the word, praise God. And the enemy, of course, the word said that he had to leave for a more opportune time. 
course, he didn't get one until Jesus was ready to lay down his life. Are you still with me? Now, the point being is that, that was just dealing with temptation. But you have to see that everything that Jesus talked and, and quoted, amen, it was all for purpose. It was all for reason. It was about shifting and changing things. That's why the word says, call things that be not as though they are. Amen. Well, what does that mean? Well, there are things right now that this word says you can have that you may not be seeing it right now. So you call those things which are not as though they are. Now, I didn't say call those things that are as though they're not. Because that's a lot of times people want to say, I am not sick, I am not sick, I am not sick. No, it didn't tell you to do that. It says you say you call things that be not as though they are. So this is what you do then. This is what it says. By his stripes, I was healed. Praise God. He bore my sickness and carried my diseases. What are you doing? You're calling things that be not as though they are. Amen. Our confession of faith that we make over our finance, we just take verse after verse after verse. Amen. And what it is is calling things that be not as though they are in your life. Amen. That's the point of it, praise God. And if you will meditate on that long enough, set your mind on that, let, begin to allow that to come out your mouth, you will cause that temporary realm to begin to change, amen, to that which is eternal. Can I hear a big amen? All right, so you then, Joshua, if you will do this, then you, for then you will make your way prosperous. In other words, you will cause it. You will, you will force it into production, praise God. And it says, and then you will have good success. Is another Hebrew word for that, that little phrase right there. And it just means that you'll just cause whatever the, whatever the, uh, the, the desired, it literally means the, whatever the desired result needs to be, it will be. So in other words, you will cause it, cause it into production and it will produce what you need it to produce. So he says, listen, Joshua, this is how it works, all right? If you will keep your head right, keep your mouth right, and keep moving forward, you're going to make your way prosperous. Amen. You're going to force everything into production, and it's going to end up like it's supposed to. Still with me? All right. Let's see this in, uh, let's do, uh, Michael, put Isaiah 55 up there on the board. Isaiah 55, verse 6, please. Amen. This is kind of a, uh, kind of a common text that sometimes it gets a little bit mis, uh, sometimes just, I don't know. It gets a little off a little bit on some, some people's uh, thoughts about it. And, uh, and I, so I might kick over a sacred cow or two if you're okay with that. You okay with that? Amen. Well, sometimes, you know, you just got to do that, you know. I'm not trying to be rude or mean, but sometimes we just kind of, we just miss the point. All right. So verse 6, amen. <clears throat> Actually, there's quite a bit in this chapter here, but we'll just jump in verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Okay, not that God's lost. <clears throat> Come on. He just says, listen, while you're in a position here, let's go after God. Amen. Everybody say, seek the Lord. Amen. Seek the Lord. Amen. You keep your attention on God. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Amen. And then it says this, let the wicked, everybody say the wicked, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Okay, now who's it talking to? Who's it talking to? Come on, verse 7, who's it talking to? Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Okay, all right. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord. Right? Why? Because God will have mercy on him, right? And God will abundantly pardon him, right? Come on, listen. So it's not a, that's, a, that's not a bad thing. He just says, listen, I'm talking here to... Though the wicked and the unrighteous man. So what's, let's define that for a minute. Okay? So the word wicked here, all right? The word wicked means uh, one, who does, one who does wrong, but it literally means actively, um, actively chooses wrong. Okay? So it's not, it's not even saying that it's a heathen. What it's saying is somebody that has a tendency to be in and out, up and down. In fact, the word wicker, uh, wicked here is where we get our word wicker, wicker furniture. It's in, it's out, it's up, it's down, right? And so what he's talking to is the person here that is, is up and down all the time. They're in, they're out, they're up, they're down. 
they're unstable. Come on. And it says forsake his ways. In other words, if that's you, now hopefully don't raise your hand, okay. But if that's you, he's just telling you then stop going that direction. Stop doing that. Is that that's, not, that's not too deep, is it? In other words, what you, that, that up and down, that in, that out, that unstableness, stop it. Look at your neighbor and say, stop it. Now, hopefully your neighbor isn't up and down. But, but anyway, we just, we just don't want to live that way. All right. Now, the unrighteous, now this all makes sense because of where we're going with this. Okay? The unrighteous man, okay, this word unrighteous uh, means, um, here we go. Let's see, get my notes here. I should have probably had my other glasses. It literally means uh, to exert uh, for to exert for nothingness. Hmm. What? Huh? And what it means, all right, is a person that's not getting the results they need. Come on. So it's referring to somebody who doesn't know who they are. Come on. And what they're about. That's all. See, a lot of times you read that, and you know, automatically just think it's just, you know, you know, God pauses for a minute and says, You wicked people, you evil heathens, straighten up. Okay, let's get back to this other stuff. Now, this is who he's talking to. Listen, he says, change. Okay, if you're not getting the results you should get, then let's figure out who we are. If you're up and you're down, you're in, you're out, then let's figure it out. That's it. It ain't that deep. And if you will just turn to God, amen, God is merciful. God abundantly pardons. He's not holding uh, your, your up and down, your ins, your outs. He's not holding the fact that, that you don't, you know, you struggle with who you are. You struggle with getting right results. He's not holding that against you. He just says, let's change it. I think it's good news. He could have said, you're all going to hell. He just says, if you'll turn, you'll go after me, we'll change this. Because that's the only way we can change it. Okay, now verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Now, a lot of times that verse gets quoted, and we just instantly start going, you know, yeah, nobody knows the thoughts of God. Nobody knows the ways of God. That's not true. That's untrue. God has given you his ways and has given you his thoughts by his word. And not only by the written word, not only has it been recorded for you uh, to see it by the written word, but he'll talk to you on a day-to-day basis, leading you, guiding you, directing you, and trying to get his thoughts and his ways to you. Now, the reason that's important is because a lot of people just check it, you know, they just chuck it off. They just say, well, n- nobody knows the will of God. Nobody knows the thoughts of God. Nobody knows the ways of God. And it's a lie. God is trying to show you his ways and trying to get his thoughts across to you. And to say that nobody knows the will of God didn't read the Bible. Come on, somebody. Because the word says, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians 5 tells us. Amen. Some of the uh, Pauline prayers in Colossians and Ephesians, he talks about the whole part of the prayer is, is, is getting hold of the wisdom of God, getting hold of the understanding of the Lord, getting hold of the thoughts of God, amen, and praying that, amen. Because God isn't holding anything back from you. Are you still with me? Now, we had to say all that to get to this, okay? Let's go. Verse 9 now, please. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. Now, who's the yours and, uh, you know, who, who's he talking to again? The wicked or the unrighteous. Come on. The person that's up and down, in and out. The person that's, come on, the person that don't know who they are and struggles in, in, in right results. Come on. So the heavens are higher than the earth. Well, why did he say that? Well, because... Most people that are in, those, in that mode are more, more earthly-minded than heavenly-minded. That's why Paul then writes, you know, to the church at Colossae, amen, 
in multiple places, amen, set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. He didn't say that you didn't have stuff on earth to deal with, but he said if you'll set your mind on things above, you're going to grab his thoughts, amen, you're going to grab his ways, and if you do that, you're going to succeed, you're going to make your way prosperous, and you're going to have good success. So, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts, right? That's the implication. So, the point is, he's not holding anything back. He says, you can have it. But you just have to understand, if you want the higher thoughts, you got to go where the higher thoughts are. Verse 10. Then he starts talking about rain. God, really? Well, now get it. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there but waters the earth and it makes it bring forth and bud. In other words, listen, like the rain and the snow comes down, what's it do? It does what it's supposed to do. It forces, come on, the earth into production. Listen, and it makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. He didn't like all of a sudden just like had a weird moment and then went off into some other place and had a weird thought. He's trying to show you, listen, if you got, you know, just like rain comes down to force the earth into production, verse 11 so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall return, it, pardon me, it shall not return to me void, in other words, without fruit, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper or succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The point he's trying to say is the same way that watering your garden will force your garden, come on, into production is what this will do. If you will just start setting your mind on this and start talking this, you will force, amen, you will force those things around into production. You'll change it. The idea is to take the, to take the scene, come on somebody, the temporary, everybody say temporary, the temporary, the, again, the subject to change, the scene Things are all subject to change, but the only way you can change it is you got to take something eternal, something permanent, that which won't change. And how you do it? You do it the way he did it. You meditate, set your mind on the right thing, and just talk it. Amen. And if you will do it just like rain comes down, the snow comes down and melts, it forces that ground. I mean, man, in the spring, I'm telling you, you know, I, I, I have five acres and... Uh, you know, it's, there's a, about a, oh, about, I don't know, probably a half to three-quarters of an acre of it that's yard, and the rest of it's sagebrush and, and, ugh, and junipers. I don't like them things. But, uh, you know, in the spring, you know, it rains, the snow melts, and all of a sudden, it's like the whole five acres is green. Oh, this looks so awesome until it gets a little taller, <laughs> right? Because it doesn't matter what seed is in the ground. The precipitation has now forced it into production, and it begins to change everything. He's trying to say that my word works the same way. If you will start setting your mind on it and then begin to talk it, begin to speak it, it'll begin to force things into production. You can change everything around you by the word of God. The same way it worked for Jesus, the same way it worked for the Father, that same word. He says, my word, it's his word, right? It's his word. If my word. Amen. If you will say, my word, my word, amen, will go forth. My words never return void. In other words, without fruit. 
my word will always accomplish what I please and it will always succeed and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. It's my words that do it. You know, I use this as illustration, maybe kind of jumping ahead a little bit here, but, you know, the, uh, the word says, fight the good fight of faith. I think I might even have mentioned that earlier. It says in, uh, you know, 1 Timothy 6, fight the good fight of faith. It says you lay hold of that, that life, that, that quality of life, that, that abundant life. You lay hold of that life, but it says here's how you fight the fight. It says by confessing the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. That's the only way it works. How do you do it? You confess the good confession. Well, the word confession is the Greek word homoslogia, which means same word. So he says if you want to win the fight, if you want to win whatever it is you're dealing with, if you want to overcome, if you want to conquer, if you want to change that temporary thing in your life, if you want that thing turned around, then you're going to have to say the same word. Okay, give me, uh, give me Psalms 1. This would be a good one. Psalms 1 is a good one. Aren't you glad you came out today? Listen, if we don't ever set our mind on it, if we don't ever meditate on it, you know, if we don't ever, you know, take it and begin to just, you know, chew on it and 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 take it in, you're probably never going to talk it. All right? So that's why it's important where you set your mind. You know, the temptation is 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 here for everybody. As I said earlier, this is a this is a principle for everybody. So the same same temptations are here for everybody. I said the same temptations are here for everybody, all right? And that the temptation is to be distracted with the temporary. Because everything around you is subject to change. But if you don't watch it pretty soon, it begins to, yeah, it takes over. And, you know, it's like, well. Huh. You know, it's like a garden, right? Okay, I get, we got a little garden this year, praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, uh, but the little booger uh, weeds, they try to come up too. Because you got to water the thing. Because you got to force what you got planted in there into production. But every little thing, I mean, I, I, I'll put a little plug in here. I got Hershey dirt in my garden. And that's pretty, you know, pretty fertile, and and I'm not sure they're mixed, but uh, it started off, some of it anyway, started off in a cow yard to become fertile. But how many know that usually in a cow yard there's not green beans, corn, come on, peas, onions, else we got potatoes tomatoes come on but there's a lot of other things in that dirt in seed form and when you start applying water to it we start finding out what else was in that dirt it's just inevitable so you got to pluck that little them little boogers once in a while come on somebody I mean, there's some of them that are just, they're real, they, you know, it's like the tomato plants, okay? Uh, you know, there's, there's these certain weeds that come up, and they kind of, for a while, you think, is that tomato plant? Because I don't want to jerk that sucker out if, if it's part of the tomato plant. But a little while, pretty soon, it buds. And you go, ha, ha, you are not a tomato plant. <laughs> you think, what's all this about? It's how it works. This thing, here comes these thoughts, here comes this, and pretty soon you have to, hey, you're not of God. Cast that thing down, right? Because I'm going to put my mind on the right things. Amen. And I'm going to talk the right things. Why? Because I want to force the right things into production. Amen. 
and try to walk away and turn around and, and, and get free or however you want to word it from all that which isn't right. Come on, somebody. Are you still with me? All right. So you got to guard. Psalms 1.1 says this. you got to guard where you walk, where you stand, and where you sit. Why? Because everybody's trying to throw thoughts at you. Blessed is the man or the woman. The word blessed is an empowerment. It means empowered to succeed or empowered to prosper. Okay, Blessed is the man. Now listen, this, if, if you want the, the first part of that verse, you've got to be willing to do the rest of it. Okay, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That word ungodly actually is, a, I think is actually the same uh, word as, as wicked. Okay, I'm almost certain that's the same Greek word or same Hebrew word. Um, so it means you know that up and down. So you got a person, and they might even be saved, but their life, Amen, may not be uh, you know as stable as it should be. But you say, Pastor, what do you listen? If you got somebody that can't even keep their own marriage sane and, and together, why are you letting them counsel you about your marriage? I'm, where did that come? I'm so sorry. Did that? Are you hearing me? Counsel, okay, advice. You who look at blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So I mean, you got to watch where you put your mind. You can't let just anybody talking to you. There's voices out there. <clears throat> Let me say this again. This principle is for everybody. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how important you think you are in the kingdom. This principle works for whosoever. Here comes counsel. Here comes somebody's advice. And if, you, if you're not guarding what comes in, or you, have ne- you haven't really set your mind on things above, they might just say something that has no business bouncing around in your head. But that is going to determine something. Because, amen, attention determines direction. And if it's the wrong thought and it's now got, it starts taking root, pretty soon you got a mindset and we never live beyond our most predominant thoughts. Never. So all of a sudden now, your thought, amen, is that thing that's bouncing around there isn't really of God, but maybe somebody you admire or something said something or somebody, you know, just, you know, got a thought in there. We got to guard where we walk. We got to guard where we stand nor stand in the path of sin. Remember, if you want to be the blessed, if you want to be, amen, if you want to be empowered to succeed, then you're going to have to guard what you give heed to, what thoughts, where you set your mind. Listen, that's exactly what he's dealing with here. Okay, so, uh, nor stands in the path of sinners. Okay, this word sinner, um, it it is more of a, you know, we're talking about somebody that uh, definitely, they they, they have a habit of sinning. Are you still with me? <laughs> I mean, this isn't like, you know, they're just a little up and down. This is somebody that is really, uh, okay, this is the way they like to live, okay? So you got to guard. Now, it says the path, nor stand. Don't just catch yourself standing in the path of sinners, okay? Um, how about this, okay? When I, um, uh, when I got, um, you know, in trouble uh, years ago, I better clarify that, <clears throat> um, before I even gave my heart to the Lord, I was in trouble based on alcohol, and I had a kind of an issue with that. And uh, no, I, okay, I really had an issue on that. And then I got born again, uh, but I really hadn't had my mind renewed yet, so I still had an issue with it. And um, and so um, you know, there was a little season there. Uh, you know, I was having to you know court appointed this and send me to this and send me to that and. And I had to go this and go that and had to do this and had to do that. And I, I even got kicked out of college twice due to alcohol. I, I would say I had a problem with alcohol. Just a thought. But anyway, the point is, um, I thought, you know, 
um, I, I can't drink, but maybe I'll be a designated driver. I'll just go to the bar with them and sit and have a Coke. Not. That didn't work because it wasn't long. By the third Coke, I wanted, I'd like a little something else in my Coke. Right? All right. The point is, that's standing in the path of sinners. Okay? I'm not just picking on those with alcohol. That was... That's just giving you an example. A lot of times you know that this ain't right, you know this ain't good, and yet you stand right there in the pathway, and it's inevitable you're going to pick up things you don't want to pick up. It's inevitable things are going to be done and said, and pretty soon your mind's on something it has no business being on. So you got to guard where you walk, you got to guard where you stand, and then it says you got to guard where you sit. And it says here, in the seat of the scornful. Oh, this is for everybody. <laughs> okay. Scornful. A mocker. It means one of disrespect. Literally means a false interpreter. It speaks of sarcasm. And what it's about, okay, it's those that mock and sarcastically speak things about stuff that they should be respectful for or of, and they're not. Okay, so it says you, as one who wants to be blessed, you've got to guard, see, where you walk, where you stand, and where you sit. You think... You think sitting by that person that sits there and mocks everything, sarcastic about everything that you supposedly believe in or support, you don't think that's going to affect you? That'll affect you. Pretty soon, pretty soon it ain't you being the difference maker. Pretty soon you're being made different because thoughts determine a direction. So you listen to it enough, and it isn't long, and pretty soon you're talking the same thing. Are you still with me? Now, that's just verse 1, verse 2. But, see, the blessed man's going to guard where he walks, stands, and sits, and it says, and his delight, see, the blessed man, right, in context, his delight is going to be in the law of the Lord, or the Word. And in His law, or Word, He, again, meditates day and night in the good times and the bad times, in the highs and in the lows. Verse 3, He shall, who shall? The person that's blessed, why? Because they're guarding where they walk, where they stand, and where they sit. Why? Because it's important what you meditate on. This person's meditating on the Word and not on what everybody else out there has to say. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth... Oh, whoa, 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 what's happening? It's starting to force something into production. Amen. Hallelujah. Planted by the rivers of water and brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever, everybody say whatever, whatever he does will prosper or succeed. Did that say whatever? Oh, surely he didn't mean that. Now, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Who, who's this? Well, it's a person who's blessed because they guard where they, where they walk, where they stand, and where they sit, and they keep their attention 
on His Word. Come on, somebody. And as a result of it, they become like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Amen. And it brings, that's bringing forth fruit. That's, amen. Everything's being forced into production, whose leaf also shall not wither. In fact, that's talking about, you know, in fact, one place, uh, um, Mike, I hate to do this to you, but if you can do this for me, let's do um, Ezekiel 47, um, verse 12. Let's try that one, see if that's it. Let's see, can you give me that? Ezekiel, I'm almost certain that's the verse. Verse 12, please. I don't like the swamps and marshes, but I like verse 12. Now, in context, in Ezekiel here, okay, uh, he's talking about, he's, been, he's seen, uh, you know, a vision, of, and this is what's, the, it talks about everything flowing from the temple, amen. And the further you go out, the deeper it gets to the point that you get out there, and it's almost, now it's buoyant. You're, you're just, you're kind of out there, and this is what happens when you get around the house of God and everything, amen. And it says then, along the bank, amen, of the river here, on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees. Why? Because, man, because of everything that's coming out, all this good God stuff starts forcing everything into production, amen. And it grows all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month. Everybody say every month. I mean, this is something to go after, amen, because their water flows from the sanctuary, amen, their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine, amen, or for healing, amen. So if you go back now to Psalms uh, 1 and 3, please, hallelujah, give, give her a hand clap one more time, thank you for that, amen. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. And according to that verse, it could be month by month. Now, I understand the seasons, and there's a season for this and a season for that. We get that. We're not taking away from that. Amen. But there's some things, man, God, amen, if you get this word going and you get this thing happening and you get your mind stayed on things above and you keep talking the right thing, you might be amazed that every month God's doing something. Every month God's doing something. Amen. Hallelujah. Bringing, bringing fruit and bringing victory and bringing success and bringing results. Amen. And bringing healing and health. Amen. I mean, it just starts happening. Praise God. Why? Because your mind stayed on the right thing. And your words are coming out right. And whatever you do will begin to succeed and prosper. Now, I think that's a good, I think that's a good promise. I said, I think that's a good promise. <laughs> you get that? Amen. So you got to set your mind on the right thing. And you got to guard. You got to guard yourself. I mean, when you... When the thoughts are there, and this is really how we got into this whole, you know, this part of the series here. You know, when you start feeling, you know, that you're unworthy or you start feeling that, that you know, you're, you're, you're condemned or, or shame and, and, you know, these things that try to bombard you because of your past or mistake or whatever, it's time to cast that stuff down. That's not of God. God ain't trying to bring, God don't. God don't bring con condemning thoughts. Oh, there's Holy Ghost conviction. We ain't taking away from that. But when condemnation and shame come, those are thoughts you need to chuck. Cast that down. When the thoughts come that you can't, there's no way you can. I don't know how I can. How am I going to be able to do this? How am I going to? Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Time out, time out. That's, that's back on natural things again because you're looking in a, in a natural mirror going, there's just no way. When all along the word of God says that you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. The point is, if you get the right, you get your mindset on the right thing and you start talking the right words, Whatever he does shall or she does, whatever he does, whatever she does shall prosper, shall succeed. That's why, you know, when you start looking at the blessing, listen, the blessing says in the blessing, it says this, that whatever you set your hands to begins to succeed, begins to prosper. Now listen, listen, 
But prior to that says, he's saying stuff. He's talking things. And if you set your mind on what he says, what he's talking, come on somebody, and you begin to walk that, it says that whatever you do then will prosper. Come on. So we're going along. Listen, to, we're going back. And if we're constantly thinking his ways and his thoughts are so beyond us, then the whole time God is trying to lead you, guide you, direct you, show you, what happens is and it, you, this, this stuff don't work like it's supposed to. And the whole time God says, no, my thoughts are for you. My words are for you. My ways are for you. And if you lock on to my words, come on, somebody, just like the rain comes down and forces everything into production, my word will begin to force everything into production, and everything you begin to do and set your hands to prospers, amen, like it's supposed to, praise God. Come on, give the Lord a praise. This is how it works, praise God. Whoo! But boy, when you set your mind on the wrong stuff, I said, when you set your mind on the wrong stuff, let me say, just in case you didn't hear me, when you set your mind on the wrong stuff, it's inevitable, you're probably going to say the wrong stuff, you're probably going to think wrong, say wrong, do wrong, act wrong, respond wrong, react, come on somebody, and what happens in the whole time, God says, I'm wanting that to prosper and succeed in your life, but you won't let it come into production. Amen. Now, I just had a thought. And maybe it won't do anything for you, but I, I think it is. I think it's a God thought. It's fine. I think so. You know, sometimes because of, you know, we get, we get set on certain things, we, we start, you know, vomiting out our mouth things we got no business saying. I know it's a little vulgar, but you get the point. It's like we, we pulled up to our garden, and even though it, it's got, you know, some good things and a few bad things, we crank up that old till, and we till that garden up because it had some weeds in it. It's like you just chewed up the tomatoes and the cucumbers and the zucchini. That'll always come back, I think. <laughs> but anyway, point is, you know, sometimes that's what happens. You know, we just, we, we get all thinking that, you know, and the whole time's like, no, just set your mind on God. Let God, amen, let God walk you through it. Don't just get back again into the natural and try to fix everything yourself. Amen. The idea is to set your mind on things above, begin to speak, amen, what needs to be spoke, begin to walk in that direction, and you'll find that everything just starts lining up. That's why even those that testified today, you know, I'm letting them know that God started something. Let's let him finish it. Amen. And many others in here that got things. God began a work. Now, let's, let's, not, let's not shut it down. Amen. Let's not say, okay, I guess that's all of it. No, it ain't. There's more yet to come. So let God walk you through every bit of it. Amen. And you might be amazed at what God causes to prosper and succeed in your life. Amen. And I believe, according to this, whatever. And I just like to say, all areas. Why not? Right? Amen. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Why don't you all stand up? Let me pray over you. We'll uh, maybe take up with this uh, next week. I got a bunch more things I'd like to bring out just in the new covenant uh, next week. So um, praise God. We, we need to meditate on the right things, right? And, and today we're, of course, dealing with the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. First off, sir, thank you for your Word. Thank you <clears throat> that it's settled in heaven. Thank you, Lord God. It'll never be altered. Thank you, Lord God. It'll never pass away. Thank you, Lord, that it's permanent. Amen. That your word, praise God, hallelujah, that no matter what else passes away, what else goes away, your word is always there to stay. Praise God. So we thank you for your word. And we give you praise for the principle here 
of not only meditating on that word, but the principle of the words that come out of our mouth. Amen. Speaking, confessing the right word. Amen. So, Father, I give you praise once again for this principle. I thank you, Lord God, for a people that had an ear to hear today and a heart to receive. And thank you, Lord, for even today, maybe for some of us, opening the eyes of our understanding, making it a little more clear. Amen. Giving us some clarity about it. Praise God. So we give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Did you get that? Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.